Welcome to Akoban, a war horn with Junius Ricardo Stanton. Welcome to Akoban, a war horn with Junius Ricardo Stanton. Akoban is an indinquent word of the Akan people and the symbol. It is a animal's horn carved in a special way, so it makes a unique and distinct sound. The traditional societies and villagers use it. To call for alertness, preparation, assembly, and in extreme cases, mobilization. We sound the Akoban to offset and counterbalance the mind-numbing propaganda and the disinformation in the mainstream corporate and digital media. Today, we're going to honor and pay homage to Martin Luther King, and we'll do that following our. Usual meditative moment. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. This is Aquaben with Junius Ricardo Stanton. This is a mystical meditative moment. Wherever you are, pause. Take a deep breath. Hold it. Exhale through your nostrils. Take another deep breath. Hold it. Exhale. Inhale. Hold it. Exhale. Pay attention to your stream of consciousness. Listen for the quiet, the stillness. Inhale. Hold it. Exhale. Hold it. Inhale. Hold it. Allow your stream of consciousness to quiet itself. Listen. Listen for the inner voice of your true and highest self. Take a deep breath. Hold it. Exhale. Sit quietly. Relax. Exhale. Inhale. Hold it. Exhale. Relax. Totally relax. Inhale, hold it, exhale. Now you're prepared just to go on with your day, refreshed, energized, and more focused. Stay strong. Greetings to the Internet Radio family. This is Reverend Valentine speaking. You know, for nearly 30 years, 
I have had the distinct experience of being interviewed over every medium of communication available to the public. And except for the metaphysical underground, I can think of no other electronic venue that has been more progressive, more innovative, more insightful, more diligent, more diverse in its demographics, and more courageously supportive of the truth than this ever-growing phenomenon called Internet Radio. And this is precisely why I'm here to tell you that it is so vital that you give your wholehearted support to it. Tell a friend. In fact, tell two, three, and four of your friends. If you are a business owner, support Internet Radio by telling your customers and constituents all about it. Let them know that there is a legitimate and important substitute to all of the prefabricated, super-censored garbage polluting our public airways today. Don't allow the mass media to continue to treat you like a mindless consumer drone. Enhance your awareness. Indulge your critical thinking, your reasoning, and your analysis. Do as I do. Log on, listen in, and then let it be known all about your internet radio experience. Chimatep, beloved family, thank you for listening. Walk in light. You're listening to Aquaman, a call to awareness, call to alertness, call to action with Junius Ricardo Stanton. As we indicated, we're going to pay homage to Martin Luther King Jr., his life's work and his mission, and also dovetail that with an event that's taking place also this week from January 16th to the 20th, the World Economic Forum in Davos, Switzerland. And the issue is, what would Martin Luther King Jr. say about the Davos group and the World Economic Forum's Great Reset? And so the title of this piece and this opinion generating a thought-provoking piece is Martin Luther King Jr., versus the Great Reset. Before we go into the piece, I want to share a clip from one of Martin Luther King's speeches. As I have walked among the desperate, rejected, and angry young men, I have told them that Molotov cocktails and rifles would not solve their problems, but they ask, and rightly so, what about Vietnam? They asked if our own nation wasn't using massive doses of violence to solve its problems. And I knew that I could never again raise my voice against the violence of the oppressed in the ghettos without having first spoken clearly to the greatest purveyor of violence in the world today, my own government. America and most of its newspapers applauded me in Montgomery. And I stood before thousands of Negroes getting ready to riot when my home was bombed. And said, we can't do it this way. They applauded us in the sit-in movement. We nonviolently decided to sit in at lunch counters. 
They applauded us on the freedom rights when we accepted blows without retaliation. Oh, the press was so noble in its applause and so noble in its praise when I was saying, be nonviolent toward Bull Connor. There's something strangely inconsistent about a nation and a press that will praise you when you say be nonviolent toward Jim Clark, but will curse and damn you when you say be nonviolent toward little brown Vietnamese children. There's something wrong with that press. As we indicated, we're going to pay homage to Martin Luther King Jr., his life's work and his mission, and also dovetail that with an event that's taking place also this week from January 16th to the 20th, the World Economic Forum in Davos, Switzerland. And the issue is, what would Martin Luther King Jr. say about the Davos group and the World Economic Forum's Great Reset? And so the title of this piece and this opinion generating a thought-provoking piece is Martin Luther King Jr., versus the Great Reset. Before we go into the piece, I want to share a clip from one of Martin Luther King's speeches. As I have walked among the desperate, rejected, and angry young men, I have told them that Molotov cocktails and rifles would not solve their problems, but they ask, and rightly so, what about Vietnam? They ask if our own nation wasn't using massive doses of violence to solve its problems. And I knew that I could never again raise my voice against the violence of the oppressed in the ghettos without having first spoken clearly to the greatest purveyor of violence in the world today, my own government. America and most of its newspapers applauded me in Montgomery. And I stood before thousands of Negroes getting ready to riot when my home was bombed and said, we can't do it this way. They applauded us in the sit-in movement. We nonviolently decided to sit in at lunch counters. They applauded us on the freedom rights when we accepted blows without retaliation. Oh, the press was so noble in its applause and so noble in its praise when I was saying, be nonviolent toward Bull Connor. There's something strangely inconsistent about a nation and a press that will praise you when you say be nonviolent toward Jim Clark, but will curse and damn you when you say be nonviolent toward little brown Vietnamese children. There's something wrong with that press. Using that as a backdrop, I want to share this piece and project and extrapolate Martin Luther King's philosophy and his worldview into the present time. And again, I'm calling it Martin Luther King Jr. versus the Great Reset. Quote, I am convinced that if we are to get on the right side of the world revolution, we as a nation 
must undergo a radical revolution of values. You must rapidly begin the shift from a thing-oriented society to a person-oriented society. When machines and computers, profit motives and property rights are considered more important than people, the giant triplets of racism, materialism, and militarism are incapable of being conquered, unquote, Martin Luther King Jr. As we pause to celebrate the 94th anniversary of the birth of Martin Luther King Jr., perhaps we should ponder and contemplate what Martin Luther King Jr. would say about current events. The war in Ukraine, COVID lockdowns, and the insane income and wealth gaps that currently exist. We know that King railed against the war in Southeast Asia and was planning a poor people's campaign with massive demonstrations and live-ins in Washington, D.C. His goal was to raise awareness about the entrenched socioeconomic inequalities in America and to force the government to change its priorities and its policies when he was shot down in Memphis, Tennessee on April 4, 1968. What would King's position be on these issues and topics in 2023? As an older man, what would King's approach be to addressing and attempting to solve the existential issues of the day? If we look at what he said then, can we extrapolate what his positions might be today on the issues of war, greed and avarice, poverty, and in this modern era, transhumanism? Would he be censored, deplatformed, and silenced like so many others? Would he be silenced by a bullet or an injection supposedly to mitigate a virus? Unlike the 1960s when there was a modicum of free speech, the right to peacefully assemble and protest and dissent, today's authoritarian environment would offer major challenges to a man of conscience and action like Martin Luther King Jr. In all probability, he would be cut off from mainstream media access, denied a platform to speak to denounce the government's actions overseas and here at home. If he were on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and Twitter, he would in all likelihood be suspended or deplatformed. In 2023, he would be censored, but unlike during the 1950s and 1960s, when it was only the FBI, the local police, who incessantly monitored and tracked him electronically. Today, Martin Luther King Jr. will be surveilled by the fascistic deep state, meaning the police, military, the intelligence communities, and corporate America. How would King address this country's ongoing metamorphosis into a fascist police state? Would King have the same uncompromising courage today that he had in 1968? Would he be willing to stand virtually alone in 2023 against what he called in 1968 the triplets of racism, materialism, and militarism? In 2023, would King add eugenics, genocide, and transhumanism to that group? What would he say about them? King was valiant. He was courageous. But how would he be able to get his message out in today's environment of censorship and suppression? How would he use today's technology 
to organize and galvanize a following, raise consciousness, and exhort others to decisive action. What would Martin Luther King Jr. say about Anthony Fauci, Bill Gates, Klaus Schwab, and the other megalomaniacal plutocrats who are conspiring to usurp the natural order, who are engaged in planetary terraforming, transhumanism, and attempting to disconnect us from our divinity? What solutions would he offer to derail and checkmate their nefarious agenda? Would today's King challenge Klaus Schwab, the World Economic Forum, the World Health Organization, the CDC, FDA, and the various national governments, like he challenged LBJ, the U.S. military industrial complex, and the American people to reorientate their moral compass towards peace, love, and brotherhood instead of war, greed, hedonism, and covetousness? What would Martin Luther King Jr. think of Klaus Schwab and the World Economic Forum's Great Reset? Would he call them out on their hypocrisy, mendacity, and disingenuousness? Would he tell them to give all their money to the poor, forsake megalomania and worldly power, and dedicate themselves totally to the service of humanity? Would a 94-year-old Martin Luther King Jr. be able to spark the radical revolution of values he spoke of so passionately and eloquently about in 1968? Or would his modern message fall on deaf ears? Martin Luther King Jr. is not here for us to see, but we still are. We can choose to allow the plutocrats to misdirect us through days of service and temporarily doing good, or we can allow ourselves to make the difficult changes King advocated, a change and a shift of values. We can change from materialism desensitization and selfishness to core values of empathy, integrity, self and collective transformation. Today, as we celebrate Martin Luther King's birthday, his natal day, and his Earth Day, is a great place to have this internal and collective conversation. What would King do? What would his positions be? How would he address what's going on in the world today? in terms of the greed and the recklessness and the even a genocidal approach of Big Pharma and how they colluded with the media and governments to roll out so-called vaccines that they knew through their own testing, their limited testing that they did, were not safe or effective. What would he say about our state of health in this country, despite the fact that we have health insurance, quote-unquote. What would he say about the quality of the treatment? Would he rail against the medical profession for abandoning the Hippocratic Oath and their creed to first do no harm? Would he bring up the point about iatrogenic illness and suffering that's caused by medical and machine consequences of actions and behaviors that have harmed many people to the point that that is now one of the leading causes of death and injury in this country. What would Martin Luther King say about the war in Ukraine? Would he challenge the United States like he did in his speech against Vietnam, beyond Vietnam, when he elaborated on the history of that struggle and that country's 
determination to be free and how they modeled their self-determination using the United States Declaration of Independence as a model. What would you say about the 2014 coup that was paid for and sponsored by the United States that set Ukraine on this tragic situation where they allowed themselves to be puppets and pawns of the United States, NATO, and their attempt to squash and undermine and humiliate Russia and its leader, Vladimir Putin. What would he say about Putin's response to the move toward their borders by NATO and what was going on there? What would his response be to the suffering brought on by these policies and what would his message be to us in terms of dealing with those situations. Remember Martin Luther King Jr. at the time that he was assassinated was planning a major nationwide poor people's campaign. A march on Washington very similar to what the World War I veterans did when their payments were stopped and their their benefits and their cries for redress were ignored by the government and what a Philip Randolph called for even in the 30s and 40s was a major march on Washington that he was able to realize in the early 60s with the march on Washington for freedom and jobs but here Martin Luther King was attempting to galvanize a cross section of people multiple layers of society and socioeconomic strata of society poor whites native and indigenous people Latinos and blacks to come together to challenge the war priority and also to change domestic policies. And of course, he posed an imminent threat to the military industrial complex and of course to the government and what was going on at that time. So their solution, because in their concept, in their mind, having only one tool and that's a hammer, they treat everything as a nail that has to be smashed and squashed. So what would King's message be today? We don't know, but if we extrapolated and looked at it, the arc of his service and his mission, we can almost guarantee that we, he would be opposed to what was going on. And rather than have us redirect and misdirect our energies to these days of service, that really offer at best a band-aid to some gaping wounds, we should rethink Martin Luther King's philosophy, his policy, and his vision, his dream for an America that was an opportunity, America that was a beacon of freedom, liberty, and the recognition of people's content and character rather than their economic status or their skin color. So on this day, as we pay homage to Martin Luther King, let's look to what also was going on in Davos, Switzerland with the World Economic Forum and call them out on their mendacity, call them out on their attempts to thwart the natural order and, and usurp the natural order. Let's call them out on their disingenuousness in terms of their policies that they're putting out, knowing full well that they have no intention of this 
grand scheme toward altruism and humanity, that the fact that they've gained their position, their wealth, and their power through the very opposite, exploitation, degradation, war, pillage, and plunder. So we need to be aware of what's going on, don't fall for the okey-doke, and begin to look and think about this cultural reorientation that Martin Luther King talked about, this revolution of values, a revolution of consciousness that we need if we're going to transcend the awful and nefarious agenda that these miscreants are planning in Davos, Switzerland, under the guise of their concern for humanity, when in, in fact their behavior and you look at how they've earned their money and made their positions and place in the world, it's the exact opposite. So don't fall for the okie doke Engage in mental decolonization. Free your mind. The rest will follow. And as always, this is Junius Ricardo Stanton wishing each and every one of you love, peace, optimum health, prosperity, but most of all, courage. Courage to find meaning, purpose, and fulfillment in your life so that you evolve into all that the Creator intends for you to be. And your life manifests magnificently in a great partnership with you and the Creator so that you can make a fabulous contribution to the collective. Be well, stay strong, peace. Bye.